Welcome back to Let It Be Us, a foster care and adoption podcast. My name is Ross Cochran. I am so glad that you're here. Today's episode is part of a conversation that I had with Dr. Heather Risser and Kathy Newberry. Heather is from the team at Northwestern. They're doing amazing work, and I would love for you to check them out in the show notes. And Kathy is from the team at Let It Be Us. In this episode, we are talking about practical tips for how you as a foster parent can navigate the wide spectrum of behaviors that you might see from kids in your home. I think there's a big tension that we talk about in the episode between behaviors that are just the everyday challenges of parenting to behaviors that actually require what is known as specialized care in the world of child welfare. There's also a tension for me personally because uh, we had some technical challenges with this episode. So I sound a little bit different than I normally do. And there's a few points where you might think that Heather sounds a little bit different as well. But the information and the practical wisdom shared by these two experts is still something that you can't miss. I am so glad that you're here. Kathy kicks this conversation off. So thank you for listening. This is the Let It Be Us podcast. Well, I would say, like, if you've noticed just behaviors that are, you're like, well, I, you know, I've had a two-year-old before and I don't recall them ever acting like this, or just, you just think that it's like, I don't know, something doesn't seem right. Every time you talk to your caseworker, be like, hey, you know, last week we experienced a meltdown in the middle of Walmart and I don't know why. You know, so documenting those or talking about them from the the get-go helps everybody get involved and you know it probably at like a two-year-old they would be in like a play therapy type group and you could talk with the therapist there about those things um i always say i don't ever i don't ever compare any of the kids because we've had many but you kind of know like okay this something is not up here and you can be the advocate for that child and start either with the caseworker or the pediatrician and say, you know, Hey, I think we need to check out some further, you know, therapy or some testing to figure out how we can help this child. Um, Really being the advocate is the best that you can do, especially when they're younger teenagers, even teenagers don't always know how to express what they're feeling and talking with them sometimes does work. And sometimes they clam up. Sometimes you need to let them come to you. Um, I had one kiddo that refused to talk to her counselor, but as soon as she was, the appointment was done all the drive home, I heard like everything because she didn't want to talk to the counselor because in her mind, it was bad to tell the counselor everything, but she told me everything. Hmm. So sometimes you're the counselor, (laughs) you know, just, I know it sounds like we're kind of just repeating it, but really you, you've just got to be open and understanding that this is a child and they're just probably just as scared as you are and trying to figure out the whole system just as you are. Just showing some love and understanding. Yeah, that's good. So, but how do we help navigate the, again, and this is, this is not a kid in foster care thing. This is just a thing thing, but it's magnified because of the circumstances around foster care, which is, there's a wide spectrum of things like, ADHD, things that are um, learning differences, to more substantial 
uh, neuro differences to, um, again, what we would call specialized care. So my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, is until TPR has happened, until adoption has happened, anything that involves a child's education still has to be run through a caseworker. Is that correct? Well, when with education, um, not so much. I mean, yes, it needs to go through the caseworker, but if they've got um, an IEP at school, you can always uh, let the caseworker know that the school is going to be testing to see if they need an IEP, which is an individual education plan. Um, most of the times, the foster parents are the ones going to those meetings and figuring out um, if there's counselors at school. I always just sign the kids up immediately. If there's if our school has counselor, I just I'm like they'll need it and. Yeah. So then I always make sure that the counselor knows who the caseworker is so that if they need to discuss something with the counselor or the caseworker. Um, so to me, the, the schools are a great avenue because while they're in my care, but a big chunk of the day, they're with the school and they're going to see some behaviors that I might not see. Um, yeah. And they can be a great advocate as well for getting the support and, and no other resources within the, the community that you may need. Um, but as far as like the, not always is the caseworker directly involved when it comes to like IEPs and things like that. Heather, how do we help folks navigate the sort of wide spectrum here of things that are just slightly? Yeah, at first I would definitely agree with Kathy that um, take advantage of whatever school resources they have. I know schools are becoming, at least in Illinois, are becoming a lot more, um, uh, savvy in terms of uh, managing mental health concerns and integrating those concerns. So in addition to the IEP, you have a 504 plan, which is more behaviorally focused. Um, but we also have uh, a resource in Illinois. It's called SPIDER, the Statewide Provider Identification and Exploration Resource. And so foster parents can go directly, and I'll put the link in the chat, and then um, you can put that uh, in your uh, show notes. Yeah, wherever you put the, the links. Um, and so there, uh, foster parents can find uh, services directly based on some search parameters, including where they live and the kind of whether they need assessment or treatment. And then it, it's uh, managed by DCFS. So they can actually say, hey, um, do you accept uh, youth in care and the variety of payment options that come along with that? Um, but there's also other options as well. So if the child has, you know, I guess at different points, if they have private insurance or it's self-pay or sliding scale or whatever, there are different options. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check out the show notes wherever you're listening. Uh, this looks like an awesome resource. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. So the... The other part of this conversation that needs to be discussed is, you know, this, this term of specialized care, because there's a really, there's a practical part of this as well, which is anytime any label gets assigned to a kid, which includes, unfortunately, just the child aging, um, the, the child's case gets more complicated, right? The, um, if 
the child, if the child's out of reach TPR, they become less likely to get adopted. If um, there becomes more of a stigma attached to this child, that the child themselves did nothing to earn. We'd be perfectly clear about that. Now, when it comes to this term specialized care, uh, Kathy, as, to start with you, you know, what is this and what is it not? Because I think people hear it and think, oh man, I got to make sure I got like some fancy letters after my name. I got to write a dissertation to be qualified. Like what is specialized care? Well, specialized care, um, usually um, a foster family that's considered specialized or they call it spec, usually has a little bit more training than just a traditional um, foster care home. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Educating yourself is the first step toward bringing a child or children into your home from foster care and Let It Be Us can help. Their webinars answer your questions about the process of becoming a licensed foster parent in Illinois. The information they provide will not only guide you on your journey to becoming a foster or adoptive parent, but you will also learn directly from seasoned foster parents and hear about the many waiting children in Illinois. You can sign up for a Let It Be Us event or webinar to learn more about the children in foster care, the roles and responsibilities of adoptive and foster parents, the process you will go through to become a foster home, the next steps to take on the journey to becoming a foster parent, and so much more. If you feel like this podcast didn't answer your exact specific question, it's because I want you to go to a Let It Be Us event. My wife and I did, and that's what led us to becoming foster parents. If it worked for me, it'll work for you too. Head to letitbeus.org and check out the events tab to register for the next online event or the many options in person near you. You don't have to make any major decisions at these events. The only thing you need to do is to decide whether or not you want to explore the next step in becoming a foster parent. I hope you will, and I think you will. But again, get started today at letitbeus.org or via the links in the show notes. A child who has been considered specialized is usually someone who has some pretty severe or profound medical conditions. And a lot of times if a child is placed in your home that is medically specialized, you have to get training. Like they maybe they have a trach or a feeding tube or um, something like that. If they have uh, mental health issues. It's my understanding that um, they just need a lot more services or they might have behaviors that are a little bit more extreme. And I don't know a whole lot about, um, I understand what spec is and can explain it, but I don't have a whole lot of um, experience because sure. we're just a traditional uh, foster family. Yeah, my understanding is the same, Kathy, and that uh, there are additional resources that uh, families who are providing that specialized level of care could have access to. So for, and again, it depends on what the child's needs are, but there could be skilled nursing involved. There could be, um, uh, respite care involved. Yeah. There could be additional, uh, therapeutic or transportation services. Uh, I think one of the things that, uh, could, would be important to know is that it just really depends on what, uh, what the children's needs are. Yeah. Yeah. And on a real practical level, it's one of the things that I know that Let It Be Us has always advocated for and people always advocate for in this world is getting your license as 
uh, broadly as possible. So when you start this foster care journey, like make sure you ask these kinds of questions about yeah. the, uh, it sounds like a commercial is spec right for you? Because yeah. the, the reality is that if you wind up encountering a child and you're like, this child would be perfect for my home, you want to make sure you have the right license True. Um, to properly care for that child. Um, and I also want to be clear that if you don't feel like spec is right for you, that does not make you less of a foster parent. Right. I was going to jump you, in and say, <laughs> yeah, that means that you are willing to say yes to the kids who aren't spec who qualify for all the other diagnosable, diagnosable difficulties that we just discussed. Um, and I think it's important as you lay that out, that you talk about all that training because yeah. you don't have to be a nurse. You know, my, my wife who just came off of, uh, she's a labor and delivery nurse now, but when we started as foster parents, uh, she was in pediatric epilepsy. And so she talked about like, none of that scared her, right? She knew how to do a, she knew how to put it in a tray. She knew all of those things, but she also had to ask herself the question, do I want to come home to that? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm doing air quotes as if people on the podcast can see me. <laughs> um, and ultimately, because of our situation living in Chicago, we, we wound up making the decision to do respite care anyway. So we decided not to go spec. But had we made that decision, you know, she would have, that would have been the right decision for us at that time. And we very well may decide because of her experience to do that as a resource in our foster care journey, because we have decided to sign up for this for the long haul. And what I hope, if you get nothing else from this podcast, is from talking to people like Kathy and Heather, is that there are plenty of resources, plenty of people to help, and plenty of opportunity that no matter what current challenges challenges you are facing, that there are people in your community, including the folks at Let It Be Us, who are here to help you uh, for the long haul. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Good thing yeah, I and I think, Ross, the other uh, thing that you mentioned is that there's not necessarily a one size fits all approach, right? Like maybe it's just not the right time for a full-time foster um, placement right now. Uh, but respite is more your speed at this point. And then uh, maybe when you decide to, maybe the people listening who don't have, haven't done it before, maybe they don't have kids yet, or maybe their kids are really little, or maybe their kids are about to leave the house. And so they're like, okay, maybe later, maybe another time, full time is going to be our thing. Uh, but uh, we can do respite for now, or we could, um, I don't know if uh, Let It Be Us has like a volunteer sign up to do like one thing. Um, but it sounds like they do when I was talking to Alex, like, oh, we need somebody to help build a ramp so that this house can be accessible to this child who has, uh, who uses a wheelchair. Um, and so that's a way to get involved so that you can be giving back at a point that maybe you aren't at a place where you can have a child in your home right now. Uh, so I think that's an important piece too. Yeah, that you're definitely right, Heather. We do need people that have, you know, special skills like that, that can help us out because, there are times that um, there was a child that was in a wheelchair. They were considered medically spec and it really wasn't anything other than they were wheelchair bound. And our biggest hurdle was finding a family that had the ability to get the child in the home, like the wheelchair access. And 
So that that was a big hurdle to find someone that could help us build it or someone who had the ramp already. Yeah, and I'll we can leave it here because it's one of my favorite things about Let It Be Us. And it goes back to this conversation about the right home and permanency. But there was a child who was in my wife and I's home and we were not the best home for the child. And she wound up in a home with a single mom. And that was the best home for the child. So what I will say is, if you are hearing this thinking, man, I can't handle that behavior, or man, I can't handle, or medical, medical stuff makes me queasy, right? None of those things should be barriers to you. Because yeah. the reality is, there is a child that your home is perfect for. There is a child that my home is not perfect for. There is a child that Kathy's home is not perfect for. There is a child that Heather's home is not perfect for. There is a child that your home is perfect for. But the only way that that child will meet you is if you get started with the licensing process today. And Let It Be Us is a fantastic place to start. So Kathy and Heather, thank you both for your time. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you for doing what you do each and every day. Uh, and especially thanks for hanging out with me on a podcast. You know, um, so... Thanks for having us. Yeah. So thank you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Let It Be Us, a foster care and adoption podcast is made possible by the amazing team of experts at Let It Be Us. Check out the show notes wherever you're listening for more information about Let It Be Us and how you can help out kids in foster care today. This podcast is dedicated to the entire foster care community of parents, professionals, and donors who are doing everything they can to help kids in foster care across Illinois. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Ross Cochran. The theme song for this podcast is Into Silence by Made to Be. And you also heard their song, You Know a Better Way. Thank you for being one of us. And thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.